We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Knicks snap that three-game losing streak. They end Sacramento, their seventh straight loss in 12 in a row on the road. A couple of veteran coaches right there. There's Quentin Grimes, one of a number of Knicks to have a strong game tonight. Grimes 14 points off the bench, some excellent defense. Cam Reddish got some chance from the fans, got some minutes on the floor. Our Meta Quest unbelievable play brought to you by Facebook, Opie Toppin. Some razzle-dazzle, two of his 14 points. All right. Boy, the Kings are not very good. There's my, there is my educated analytical perspective on this game. The Kings stink. Um, no, this is a nice win. Um, as, as people have been saying uh, or have been pointing out uh, uh, wisely, by the way, on Twitter, um, the Kings almost – you know, they almost beat the Sixers the other day. Um, played Philadelphia down the stretch. Like, look, God knows if there was any truth, any one thing that is true about this NBA season, it's that any team could go into any other team's building and uh, and beat them. And uh, the Kings, I will say, uh, did not impress me terribly tonight. I thought the Knicks actually over the first – had four or five, six minutes of this game came out a little, not flat, but they were just kind of, you know, going through the early motions. I thought the Kings uh, did not necessarily take it to them during that stretch. Evan Fournier obviously hit a bunch of shots. That was helpful. And then, you know, once the Knicks got off, uh, got off to a, a pretty good start, smooth sailing from there. I thought they picked up the intensity, um, you know, after the first few minutes of the game, I thought the bench came in, in the second quarter and did an absolutely phenomenal job, especially on the defensive end. They struggle a little bit offensively, which they're going to do without Derrick Rose, but defensively the bench helps help continue to set the tone. And then, you know, from that point, um, this wasn't really a game. Uh, I, I never felt this was a game. I never felt like the Kings were actually ever a threat to win um, this game. 
And uh, they weren't a threat to win this game um, because they lost by a bunch of points. Not the biggest margin of victory for the Knicks this season. That was the second game of the year against Orlando. But, um, you know, so what do you take from this if you're the Knicks? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I'm not going to make too much out of this one. We'll appreciate the stuff we saw. We'll praise the young uh, players who did well. Um, but, you know, it's like every other game, and it's like this entire season. It all comes down to one guy, right? Julius Randle. Randle played well tonight, 17 points on 14 shots. Um, you know, nine rebounds. He was pretty engaged. Four assists, four turnovers, seeing the, the, the ratio that has kind of been the case for many games this year. You know, but this version of Julius Randle is, is, uh, is solid. Was it? Because it was the Kings? Was it because Randall started to turn it around? Um, wake me after he does this and plays this way, you know, through the West Coast road trip. Uh, I'm not making too much out of this right now. But uh, nice game from him. Nice game from Mitch. Uh, good energy from Mitch. Five offensive rebounds, 13 overall. He is he, – I really will I'm, – I'm, will, I'm willing to say this about Mitch. When he's on the floor – uh, I, he has turned a little bit of a corner. All he needs to do is stay on the floor. When he's on the floor, he, he, he has looked good. Um, really rough game from RJ, but, you know, you're going to get that. I, that's the other thing I thought was interesting. Like, you know, a lot of chatter, a lot of speculation by me in, included uh, about the possibility of trading Randall in the next week. That would obviously leave this team in the hands of RJ Barrett in terms of the guy who the offense would flow through every night. And you were reminded tonight that if that was the case, there's going to be some nights, you know, where that doesn't go so well. Um, And it was a good thing that they had a bunch of other guys tonight. Um, You know, particularly Evan Fournier and Julius Randle early on because RJ didn't have it. And then the bench, the guys that we're all the most excited about. So Burks deserves probably the most praise, ended up with 21 points. He was a plus 25 but stars up and down. Obi Toppin and, and Quentin Grimes, 14 points apiece. More importantly than how much they scored, uh, both of those guys just showing you things, new things. Grimes, there's a couple of drives tonight. Awesome. Just great to see that kid put the ball on the floor. We know he's capable. That's what had him be uh, ranked as a top 10 recruit before he ever stepped foot onto a college court. Um, it's just he turned himself into more of a 3 and D guy, and if he can – bring out some more of that stuff as a pro. Uh, the Knicks already have a steal at the 25th pick. Now it's a question of how big a steal is it going to be? And then Obi, what more can you say about Obi? Um, he, he had a little dip there for, you know, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. He seems to be back playing well. Um, it was nice to see him get, what do you got? 19 minutes tonight. So for him, that's pretty good. Um, put the ball on the floor as well. Hit a three. All good things. Love me some Obi Toppin. A big part of the reason why I would not mind seeing Julius Randle elsewhere after this trade deadline is because I want to see what Obi Toppin can do with a little bit more time. Um, I've said it repeatedly on here. I do not pretend that he is going to do any of the things that Julius Randle could do. Very different types of players. Very different skill sets. Obi Toppin needs other guys to help him get going. But as we saw tonight, a little bit of that self-creation stuff. Um, would there be more of that in the cards if he saw the floor more? It's fair to ask, fair to wonder. 14 points on eight shots, not not bad at all. Um, 
just so much fun watching the kids play. Um, anybody else we have to shout out? I thought Noel played a nice game. Uh, we got to see Reddish on the floor. I, I'm sure maybe there'll be some Reddish conversation tonight. I'm, whatever you whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, I am here for it. I don't really have much else to say about this game. Like I said, I'm not going crazy over, over this win. Um, you know, talk to me after Memphis on Wednesday. If they come out and beat Memphis on Wednesday, I'll be happy to uh, eat my friend Mr. Crow over here and say that, no, this season is not yet over for the Knicks. Um, go win the Memphis game if you want to be taken seriously. This is a good first step, though. Um, and if they had lost this game, my goodness, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would be doing right now. Uh, probably drinking heavily, more heavily uh, than I am. I am having, I am enjoying a cocktail though tonight. A little little sake. Uh, my favorite first time, long time starts us off in the super chat, Mister Robert Cross. With tonight's win, is it fair to say 50 win, 53 wins is back on track? You know what, Robert? I mean, who's to say? Um, 29 and 2 seems very doable in my book. Uh, I think it's I think it might be in the cards. I think 29 and 2, that seems seems reasonable to me. Um, also, what is the color of the night? Uh, again, doing this diet thing, I shouldn't even be having a celebratory cocktail. Uh, I will have a, uh, very healthy chicken meatball as my snack after this live stream before I get to writing. Um, and that is, that is going to have to take the place of the, of the celebratory cutlet tonight. So I apologize, Robert. I, I can't, I can't do the cutlet tonight. Um, wait until after this 21 day fix. I think I have 14 days left. So 13 days left. Yeah. 13 days left. Ryan, what's going on, Ryan? Ryan Huang, um, chimes in. Great trade deadline game, trade deadline game from Fournier and Burks. Yes. Now move them. I want to see the kids. Had more fun watching the fourth quarter than any other in recent memory. Um, again, it's fun to watch these kids play against a team like King. I mean, I feel bad for Kings fans. Uh, I don't know that there's another like not everybody. But, like, Halliburton's trying and, and Davion Mitchell's trying and, like, you know, maybe a couple of – I thought the backup center, Damian Jones, he played a nice couple of nice minutes. But there is nothing – you know, may, maybe it puts into perspective the Knicks. The Knicks have struggled and the Knicks have played like ass. And the starting unit has certainly had a few few moments here and there where they have looked like, you know, they were not fully prepared to play. But when you compare – what we see from the Knicks who again, put forth a great defensive effort tonight, let up a little bit towards the end, but otherwise this was a really good defensive performance. And, and we continue to, uh, to see good defensive performances uh, from them. They've been pretty consistent in that front all year. When you see them and they've, they've struggled and you're like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And then you see a team like this, which reminds us, you know, and I, I don't know how I turn this into a Tibbs defense, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into a Tibbs defense anyway. Um, and it re- a game like this, watching a, key- a team like the Kings reminds you of all of those years for the Knicks where they went out and played like that. Uh, a team that just like, you could tell collectively, they just, no spirit, no fight, no nothing, don't care really. Uh, guys are out for their individual stats and, and what have you. Um, Buddy Heald's an embarrassment to the league right now, uh, how he's, how he's playing. Um, you know, that's like, that's rock bottom. Um, and, and the Knicks are nowhere close to that. 
And so, uh, you know, that's why I, I, of all the things that people want to change about this team, I kind of like, I still like the foundation. Um, you know, so, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. Anyway, this is a long winded way of saying, yes, it was very nice to see those kids play against the Kings in the fourth quarter. Would it be the worst thing in the world to see them play against some actual good teams? No. Is it going to look like this? Probably not. Um, but I still wouldn't mind it. Uh, Guy Huber then. What's going on, man? Good to see you. This team has broken me to where I'll never root for a loss. But kind of annoyed that we won tonight. I hate feeling like this, but tonight was fool's gold. I mean, maybe. Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I Look, nothing would shock me if this team went out and won eight games the rest of the year. Wouldn't shock me. If this team went out and won um, 18 games the rest of the year, wouldn't shock me. Um, I just, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're a maddening team. They're a frustrating team. It hasn't come together. The Kemba thing still isn't working. Again, Kemba, Fred Katz tweeted out before, I think this is Kemba's second scoreless game of his career. Um, you know, I. It, I don't know what the trade is there, but there's a trade, obviously, to, to, to happen. Um, team still hasn't fully come together. Again, it looked it looked easy tonight, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll say, again, nothing would shock me. I'll never root for a loss, though. I'll never root for a loss. If they had lost this, then you better believe they would have been sellers at the deadline. Maybe they'll still be sellers at the deadline. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, Jeremy E., this feels like the most pointless win. I don't care what the numbers are. I hated watching the starters together. Obi and Grimes looked spectacular. Again, it's – oh, uh, Eddie, by the way, thanks for the haircut shout-out. Um, and thanks to anybody who shouted out my haircut. It was time. Um, again, the kids look good in part because of who they're playing. Let's let's not forget that. Um, just like Randall and Fournier look good in part because who they were playing. I've said – I've said repeatedly, too many teams, uh, too many opposing three-point shooters come in specifically against the Knicks starters and just feel comfortable. And tonight, the Knicks felt comfortable uh, going up against the Kings because they know the Kings' reputation. Now, the difference is that the the Knicks are, I want to say, at this point, after this game, they might be back up to being a top 15 defense. Um, yeah, 15th ranked defense in the league. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. Didn't even update after this game. So they'll be probably even a little bit higher. Um, you know, and the Kings are, are like one of the worst defenses in basketball. But like, I hear that. No win is pointless. Not in game 51. Um, game 71? You want to tell me a win is pointless? Sure. Um, not game 51. There's a little bit too much season. I've been pessimistic. I said uh, the whole episode we just recorded, me and Jeremy, was like I said, the season's over. Uh, And I believe that. I do not think that they're going to do anything this season that involves like postseason things. Um, But I don't think there's any such thing as a pointless win at this point. Um, 
they're not getting into like if you're worried about lottery position already, like you got time for that. Like they're the they're not getting into the top five or six. Can they is there some some maneuvering to get into like the top seven, eight, nine? Yeah, they can, but you know, I'm not really I'm not really too concerned about that. Um if it happens, it happens. CT Pittman, what's going on? You're a OB. Didn't know he had that in his bag. I think he's got a lot more in his bag than he's shown. And I can't wait to see it. He's just so much fun. Um, it was nice to see that. It was nice to see that. I thought the drive earlier in the game was even more impressive. Um, and, you know, coming off the heels of the really nice move he had in Milwaukee, you're starting to see the little bits and pieces, right? Um couple moves here, a couple moves there. That's all it is right now. Now the next stage is, okay, can we see these sorts of things consistently every time he plays? And and then this is the Tibbs part of it. Does Tibbs play in enough minutes to get him? Because you got to get into a rhythm. It's impossible. It's impossible for a guy like Obi Toppin. And this is really the what has been the and everybody who you know you know uh, Obi Avengers and the whole thing. Uh, everybody who has shouted from the rooftops that the Knicks have done this kid dirty by drafting him and then playing him ten to twelve minutes on most nights. You're right in the sense that unlike Grimes and Grimes is playing a lot more in twelve minutes because he's earned it with his defense. Unlike a guy like Grimes, and even to a lesser extent, a guy like Quickly, who could come in and play six, seven minutes at a time, then go out, and it's like you, you, they don't need a lot of time to find their rhythm. Obi Toppin's a rhythm guy. He's a big guy. Um, he needs to work himself into a rhythm. So they have not yet given himself the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and it has to factor into the dog process by behind if they, if they you know, think about moving Randall. Um you know, if you're asking me to bet right now, I do not think they will. Um, I will, without question, and, and Jeremy and I both said this, they're not going to sell low on him, on Julius Randle. What is selling low? What is selling high? I, I, but I'm sure they have a price, and if that price isn't met, I mean, shit, after this game, if I was the Knicks, and, like, how Harrison Barnes looked, how, how Harrison Barnes looked, if I was um, Leon Rose, I'd say, yeah, we'll give you Randall. Give us, uh, you know, give uh, send us Barnes, and when we'll take, uh, you know, Davian Mitchell and uh, two first round picks. You can protect one of them. Like there are nights when Julius Randall will, will make you say that, um, and then there are nights where you're where we're like, get him the fuck out of here for anybody. I don't care. Get 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 a sack of basketballs. Um, so we'll you know we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? Good to see you, my man. Hey, John, heard we got this kid, Quentin Grimes. Yes, you were, you were, yeah, you get all the credit, Kev. You were first on the bandwagon, one of the first on the bandwagon. Can you tell me more about him? I hear he's pretty good. He may even deserve some playing time this year. Um, again, I'll shout myself out that I was, I was right in predicting that a Nick rookie would get a thousand minutes this year. Grimes uh, is well on his way to getting over a thousand minutes of playing time. He has more than earned it. Best three-point shooter in the rookie class. Um, probably the best defender, perimeter defender in the rookie. Maybe not the best perimeter defender in the rookie class. There's some pretty good perimeter defenders, but he's top two or three for sure. 
Um, and then if the, if he does the other stuff, like, you know, it's interesting because the Knicks wanted so badly to trade up for Chris, Chris Duarte. Now Duarte gives you a little bit more, obviously maybe a lot more creation, but you know, in that part of crimes game is probably never going to come. Um, that doesn't mean he can't be a guy who plays 30 minutes a night on a really good basketball team. If he keeps defending like this, if he shoots it like this, and if he could put it on the ball like this, um, can he make the passes that he needs to make? He had a great little pass in transition tonight to, to, to Obi. No, not to Obi. Sorry for RJ, uh, for the layup. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be, I think the next, the, the last step. Cause if he could just do that, if he could play make a little bit, not many teams in the league that that dude wouldn't be able to play, you know, upwards of, of 30 minutes a night, uh, for he, one of the steals of the draft at this point has to be looked at as one of the steals of the draft. Um, turnpike Mike, what's going on, man? Refuses to change that starting lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. I don't really know what there is to say. I think we saw the we saw the obvious move. We saw the obvious move. It was Burks for Kemba, and uh, it wore Burks down. Burks is still worn down. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not going to go crazy about like. Grimes coming off the bench and Fournier starting because, like you saw tonight, Grimes played 23 minutes, made a huge impact on the game, nice energy off the bench. Is there an argument that Grimes should be starting? Maybe Fournier comes off the bench. Yeah, but then you're then the one strength of your team all of a sudden is that that is it the same strength if Fournier is coming off the bench? Maybe it is. I don't know. It's an uncertainty. Uh, the Kemba thing, if they're going to continue to use Kemba like this, that's the one I'll always go back to. And I've been saying it for a while. I'd love to quickly to get the shot. But then again, quickly is, as you know, he's been up and down too. So there is no, you know, it's not like Derrick Rose is sitting. If Derrick Rose is sitting there, that'd be one thing. And by the way, he went to Derrick Rose in the starting lineup for a bit. And, um, you know, Derrick Rose, he was playing Derrick Rose a ton of minutes. Can he, can, can Tibbs be... You know, assuming Rose is on this team and he comes back after the after the uh, All Star break, can Tibbs be disciplined enough to only play Rose twenty five minutes a night? Um, if he if he moves into the starting five, I don't know. It's an interesting question to me, at least. Harry Donor, what's going on, Harry? Great to see you, my man. Always appreciate you chiming in. Out of all the rookies and second year players on this team. Does Grimes have the highest floor? So that conversation, great question. I answer, I've answered a version of this question, I think, the, a, a couple times in recent pods. But so we are talking about, let's get everybody, Jericho Sims, Obi Toppin, uh, Deuce McBride, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes. I guess uh, we should probably throw in uh, Rokas Jacobetis, who is uh, doing some nice things over in Europe. I got to tell you, I, and, and boy, I, this this might be me selling out. So feel free to throw this back in my face or or um, welcome it with some of the past things I've said about Emmanuel quickly. I think Grimes has moved a little bit past quickly for me um, in terms of ceiling. 
just because I still think Quickly's best role is as like six man of the year candidate, um, spark plug, spark plug off the bench. And it, again, if he hits his ceiling, I don't know if he's going to hit that ceiling. Grimes, again, I think Grimes is a, is a starter and a guy who, if, again, if he keeps this up and he's a real, a real three and D guy, a three and D plus guy doesn't have super long arms, but man, does he, he gets in your shit. Um, the question for me, I guess, comes down to Obi, and maybe that sounds ridiculous because I, I think there's there are probably some people who who still think that Obi is like a a, a little bit of a uh, a novelty act. I still maintain that Obi Toppin is a three point shot away, and a like playing with a really good point guard away, um, and maybe playing with a stretch five away for being one of the most devastating offensive players in the league finisher, definitely a finisher. Um, but a guy that like, again, put that guy on the floor with a really good point guard, a couple of shooters, a stretch five, or at least, a, a, and by the way, shout out, um, uh, Benji was pointing this out and, and Tom Piccolo was pointing this out on Twitter. Nerlens Noel in the corner, helping to space the floor a little bit, opens things up. What do you know? Um, but yeah, give that give Obi some space. I don't know. So Obi and Grimes are kind of neck and neck for me. Um, I'd probably put Obi first ahead of Grimes a little bit right now, but it's it's really close. And um, you know, the good thing is I'm excited about all these kids. Um, they're they're good and they're fun and they play so hard. And uh, that's what you want. Like the Knicks are trying to have their cake and eat it too, trying to win games, which didn't work out so well this year, but also try to have a nice little development system at the same time. Um, you know, can they can can they continue continue to to pull it off? Uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, continuing, Nick Kakalovsky. I think I got that right. Utah better call about Burks. The LA game is winnable. Yes, the LA game is winnable. Any game is winnable. Um, is Utah going to call about Burks? I'm not going to spoil my uh, newsletter for tomorrow. I am writing about Burks and Utah and the Joe Ingles situation down with the torn ACL. Um, let me just say that I don't necessarily think that that is. I'd, I'd be mildly surprised if that trade happened. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Matt from Australia. What's going on, my man? How are you? The happiest I've been watching a Knicks game in a while it's so funny. We have people on here saying like, I hated this win and other people happiest I've been in a while. I, I love, I love Knicks fans all over the place. Uh, I'm the same way. Loved Obi and Grimes showing off their ball handling skills with some nice drives and finishes. Grimes is the next clay Thompson. How you doing? Should have been in the top 75 of all time. Clay Thompson. Um, I mean, look, put, one game together after another game after another game after another game. Uh, I'm, I'm not pulling any ceilings on the kid. Let's let's see what we have. Let's see what we have. I'm, I'm really excited with what we've seen so far. Um, he's good. Um, Hush Sue. With the trade deadline and where we are, the win just feels flat. See, here we go the other direction. I loved every minute of the bench. AB for Ingles and a second-round pick. So that's, I think, that okay, I'll spoil my newsletter a little bit. That's the trade, right? They're not getting a first. 
because um, first of all, Utah can't trade a first till 2026, and they're really going to blow their load on like the basically the last first round pick that they could trade because uh, they're not going to trade it unprotected. Uh, are they really going to blow it on on Alec Burks? No. And if you're the Knicks, are you getting rid of Alec Burks? Who like I know he's been in a slump, but even so. He's been like still one of their best players this year, and is like vital to their you know to their bench effectiveness. It's ba- that would basically be like waving the white flag on the season, which maybe they're ready to do, and I'm sure a lot of people want them to do. But like still, from an asset valuation perspective, you don't have to trade Alec Burks right now. Um, Alec Burks, arguably, his value will be higher next season when he is. If a team wants him to be an expiring contract, he could be an expiring contract. If a team wants him to be on the final year of his deal, he could still be – or sorry, have one more year on his deal. He could still have one more year on his deal because that last year is a team option or it's non-guaranteed, one or the other. I forget. So, like, are the Knicks going to – are the Knicks going to give – because here's the other part of it. The Knicks have a billion extra second-round picks coming their way over the next bunch of years. So are they going to give away Alec Burks for an extra second-round pick? I mean – you know, I, I I'll take a look at what what Utah has in terms of like extra seconds. I, I don't think they have a ton. The Knicks already got the best one that they had, which was I think a Cleveland pick. And how how good is that pick and pick looking uh, right now? Because um, Cleveland looks pretty good. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, makes the continuing Hush's comment makes the most sense for Cam. Jazz get a Joe replacement. We're off the Alec Burks money. I still don't view the Burks as a negative contract. I think I think Burks is a solid contract. I think you're going to be able to move that contract anytime you need in a heartbeat. Now, I wrote a little bit about this today, and I'll say it again. There is a very strong possibility, not strong, there is a possibility the Knicks may want to operate or may at least think about operating as an under-the-cap team this summer. They can pivot in that direction if they do a few things um, before the trade deadline or actually before free agency. They could do some things on draft night if they really want to um, because of the looming Brunson situation. Uh, sign and trade is going to be a possibility this summer, but you're, you know, it's if you just have the cap space, you don't need to worry about the sign and trade possibilities. So there's that angle of it too. I don't I don't know how much of an incentive it's going to be for them to get off uh, money before the deadline, but whether they do make a big effort to get off money or not, I think will telegraph uh, to us a lot about what their plans are for the summer. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to give my game ball then to HelloFresh. Yes. So I, I here's the thing. I will say that HelloFresh... So they sent us a free box of stuff Mm -hmm. and we've already used. So I guess I should just do the actual ad read uh, and and say, if you want to do what my wife did this week and get 16 uh, free boxes of HelloFresh, go to Hello Free Meal. 16 free free meals. meals. Yes. Yes. 16 free meals. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Film School 16 and then use the code Film School 16. Here's why it's a good idea. This stuff is amazing. So we got. What do we get? We got chicken and pasta. We got a chicken and pasta. This chicken with like some kind of tomato relish that we made ourselves with some Italian seasoning, balsamic. It was unreal. Um, we had a taco thing with like beef tacos and like cheese and like a salsa that we made ourselves. Awesome. Um, and then I'm forgetting what was the third one this week? I, I think we 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 ate it early. I think I got what, a different box, so I'm not sure which you'd have to go ask Dolores, but at Rosina and I have been customers of HelloFresh for way since way okay. before the sponsorship. We we endorse this endorsement you're making. So. Well, this is our first go around, and let me tell you again, it took all of two meals with this thing for my wife to be like, "We're we're signing up." Um, so let's see, what do I have to read here? Oh yes, HelloFresh. You get farm fresh, <laughs> pre proportioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You do uh, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. It is easy. It is fun, and it is affordable. Especially, by the way, if you use that uh, special code, go to hellofreshcom school 16 and use code Film School 16 for up to 16 free meals. And oh, I forgot about this. And three free gifts. I go, oh, I can't wait to get my gifts. I don't even yeah. know what my gifts are gonna be. All right, what else we got? Um, Kenny Rose, what's going on, Kenny? By the way, the Jazz have a couple of Memphis seconds coming their way this year and in 2026. I'm not terribly excited about those. And then they have the least favorable of four different second rounders in 2027. Meanwhile, the Jazz owe their own second rounders in 2022, 23 to us, um, and 2027 and 2028. So, like, they're kind of running out of seconds to trade. It's it's tough. Uh, Okay, back to Kenny's comment. I love Grimes, who may play a factor in whether the Knicks offer RJ a contract. Whoa! Whoa! That is not a take that I heard yet. That's a that is spicy. I do not believe that Quentin Grimes is going to alter whether they offer a contract to RJ or what they offer. I think RJ is going to alter what the Knicks offer RJ Barrett. Um, I like it though. I like the spice. Um, I can't watch Randall play. I thought he was fine tonight. I, I don't. I don't want to watch him play anymore either. 
I'm just trying to be fair. Like, you know, it's gotten to the place where it's t- kind of tough to be rational about Randall. Um, quote, speaking of Randall, on uh, a quote, oh, he spoke to the media after today. What do you know? Uh, Julius Randall on Quentin Grimes. He's good. He's really good. Um, hat tip to Fred Katz for this. Anyway, uh, IQ's pace was good, and Obi needs minutes. Obi does need minutes, and I thought IQ played uh, pretty well, even though he didn't shoot it well. C.T. Pittman and Macri, you already missed your prediction for this week. I didn't need the LOL, C.T. Didn't need the LOL. Yeah, uh, ye of little faith. But, hey, if I predicted 0-3 – and the Knicks go. I mean, if, if they go one and two, I'll be. Uh, I won't really care because uh, I'll have lost any. I would have lost anyway. But if they go two and one or three and zero, oh, I'll be happy to be wrong. Um, Haitian Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Hard. I always love Haitian. Haitian, you got some really good comments. I always tend to agree with you. Uh, hard to take much from tonight, other than the young guys playing well. Can't wait to see what Leon does to open up this roster so we could see the kids. I think. I mean, we're all in agreement about that. I think the only disagreement amongst folks at this point is who would be the first person that they want out the door. For me, again, I've seen absolutely no evidence that even if Kemba is still Kemba enough, which, again, with the knee, I I just don't know. I've seen no evidence that they want to use Kemba in the way that he needs to be used to be successful. And we've, we have no evidence that Tibbs is going to play him off the bench and he's just going to keep starting. And it's going to like, it doesn't look great with Walker in the starting lineup. So like, that's the guy that if there was one guy that I want to move, it would be him. But at the same time, are they going to leave themselves without a true point guard for a little bit of time between the deadline? And when Rose comes back, I mean, it's like three games. So who gives a shit, but you never know. Maybe they give a shit. Um, I'd move Walker. I don't know what they could get for him. I don't know if they have to. Who knows? Maybe they have to pay a price to get, unload him. We'll see. Uh, Jacob Reali. What's going on, Jacob? How are you? Thank you for the contribution. Regardless of Kings being the Kings, this game was huge just in terms of rebuilding confidence. Having fun again. Yes, having fun again for sure. And showing some development. Good vibes go a long way. Look, it, again, I'm ex- I am as guilty of this as anyone. Put that right out there. I am as guilty of this as anyone. We are talking about this team, some of us, me a little bit, but definitely other people, like we talked about wins in the last couple months of like, you know, the Mike Miller's coach season that started 4-18 and or – any of the several seasons before that, right? We're talking about this game in that context, right? And I believe they're not going to make any kind of a – I mean, if they make the plan, I don't think it's going to be anything significant. I don't think they're going to make the plan. But they're 24 and 27. We should at least sit here and acknowledge that they are 24 and 27, which is not terrible um, and is, like, still kind of right there. And it's not like it's a bunch of world beaters ahead them you know just throwing that out there half game back of Atlanta as crazy as that is um Robert Cross what's going on Robert again thank you for chiming back in 
Is it fair and reasonable to say that Grimes' ceiling is beyond that of Allen Houston? My goodness, Robert. He needs to start over Evan Fournier. Hashtag 53 wins. You know, Fournier is the guy. I, I am deflecting your comment. I, I don't I don't really feel strongly that he needs to start over Fournier. When Fournier is playing bad, Grimes plays more minutes than him anyway. Um, and when Grimes is playing good like he was tonight, like Grimes, Grimes is going to get one of my stars of the game tomorrow. And people aren't going to like it. They're going to want me to give my stars to Obi and Grimes and whoever else. Fournier is getting one of my stars. He absolutely set the tone early. And Fournier is a skilled, off- skilled enough offensive player that he could do that. Um, you know, I thought he was fine on defense in his minutes. Uh, I, you know, I wonder about Fournier and what his market is and whether they would look to move him. And if they did look to move him, well, I mean, according to Zach Lowe, they are, they have, you know, they may want to move him. Um, I don't know. I don't, they're not going to pay a price to move Fournier. But, and the other interesting question is if they kept Fournier after the deadline, does that embolden them more to perhaps play him off the bench? I don't know. Um, how would, how, here's another one. How would Fournier look off the bench with Derrick Rose as his point guard next to him? It's another interesting one. Um, lots of interesting questions about this team. Um, okay. Al Diddy, what's going on, Al? Enjoy the victories when they come, but also enjoy our young core developing. Um, use the super chat for your chicken colored fund. I appreciate it, Al. Thank you very much for the contribution. Uh, we all appreciate it here at Knicks Film School. Uh, the the colored fund will be back back in full full strength after the twenty one day fix is over in uh, thirteen days. So very excited for that. I miss I miss having my colors. Um, Yeah, and again, I kind of intimated this before, but I'll say it one more time. Only the best organizations in the league can win games and develop young players. And the Knicks have not done either perfectly this year. They certainly haven't won a ton of games, and you could question some of their development stuff. But, you know, the organization was a a disaster for a long time, and they're trying to now – kind of have their cake and eat it too with this stuff. They're not falling flat on their face. I'll say that. Um, Ryan Huang, what's going on again, Ryan? What's the percentage Randall starts for us next season? Um, Well, if he's here, he's going to start. So you're asking me what are the odds that, like, Randall's going to be here next season? The odds Randall's going to be here next season. I don't know. Somewhere between 60 and 75% chance. Um, I th- they're not going to give him away at the deadline, and I don't know that anyone's going to want to pay. Like, if you're the Kings and you just fell to 18 and 34. Are you giving up multiple picks? Which, again, I just said before, I think that's what Leon Rose is going to ask for. Are you giving up multiple picks for Julius Randle? At 18 and 34? You're, you're three and a half games back of the Blazers, who, again, the Blazers, you would think, are not 
really going for it, but they are despite Dame's injury. And but but also New Orleans and San Antonio are ahead of them, ahead of the Kings. Um, and if it's not the Kings, then who who is it? Who's desperate? Who's desperate to get their hands on Julius Randle? I. I don't know that I see the team. And then the alternative is, is there a team who's going to give the Knicks, you know, a star or star-ish, starlight, starlight, star bright. Uh, how does the rest of that go? Deloitte, you know how the rest of that goes? Starlight, star bright, the first star I see tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I forget what I was talking about. Um, okay, we got a comment uh, that Andrew has pinned kindly for us. John, am I allowed to be upset that Randall is speaking with the media? I Because I am. Yes, you are allowed to be upset about that. Absolutely be upset. I'm a little upset about it. I didn't say anything before, but I am. Um, you talk to the media when things are going good, but you don't talk to the media when things are going bad? Come on. That's, that's bullshit. That's... Uh, to quote the great Tim Thomas, that's Fugazi. Um, oh, my daughter's up. That's fun. Uh, Dom Cappuccini. What's going on, Dom? It's good to see you in here. No longer do I worry about us just making the play-in. I worry Julius suffers a major injury this season and killing all trade value. Put that smile upside down behind you, Pat. Look at him. He looks so good. I'm not taking the plate down. Not anytime soon, at least. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I, Randall's been a pretty sturdy guy. I'm not really too worried about that. Uh, we'll see. I, I like. Don't trade the guy because you're worried he's going to get injured. Trade the guy because you want to trade the guy. Um, Russ Tuck. What's going on, Russ? We see enough to feel good about extending Mitch. Uh, let's see where we're at after the trade deadline. I, I think I spoke about this a little bit at some point on a recent post game or podcast or something. Because the Knicks can offer a contract extension to Mitchell Robinson at any time or right up until free agency starts, I think once they like kind of went into the season with this situation, now that they've come this far, Wait till after the trade deadline because you never know. You never know what, what's going to present itself and how – like the worst thing you could do is sign him to an extension now and then have that potentially in one way, shape, or form get in the way of, you know, making a move that improves your team. I'm not saying I want to trade Mitch. I'm just like you never know what's going to come up. Um, you know, that said – no, I think he's shown us enough. I said this to Jeremy on the pod. I think he'd give him three years at, you know, mid-level money. Uh, maybe a little bit more than mid-level money if you want. I'm, I still don't know about the guaranteed fourth year. Um, there's a part of, of it that makes me a little queasy about a fully guaranteed third year. I just, I mean, th- three-year deals, you're, you know, three years is not a long time. Um, I, he's earned it. Yes, he's earned it. Um, I, I'll say that. Um, I feel good about him. Um, it's been fun watching him play. Eddie F. What's going on, Eddie? Fournier hasn't played great often, 
But didn't we learn that he's a calm professional? He was goofy with the bad steak, but has been candid and open ever since. Um, I'm going to do something that is may, may not make me popular, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. So this season, uh, hold on, I got to grab my phone for this one. So uh, league average um, for NBA effective field goal percentage right now this season is 525. It's down. Last year was the highest it had ever been at 538. This year it's down to 525. Uh, Evan Fournier this year effective field goal percentage is 535. And that doesn't take into account this game. So it's going to go up a little bit. His career effective field goal percentage, 531. So Evan Fournier is a more efficient shooter than league average. Um, degree degree of difficulty on those shots, I would say, is also above league average, maybe by a bigger margin than we'd like to admit. He's shooting better than his career numbers. Is he at where he was at the previous two years when he was at 56 and 56.5 effective field goal percentage? No. Um, the defense has been a little bit of hit and miss, probably more miss than hit. Um, but, like, this is Evan Fournier. Like this is Evan Fournier, and I and I, I think I really do wonder how differently we'd feel about this season. And I, I don't want to I don't want to pile on Kemba because this is not Kemba's fault. It is I want to repeat this, this is not Kemba's fault. But I just wonder. There's a part of me that wonders if all they had done was exchange Bullock for for Fournier. And then they got in a point guard who was not a ball-dominant point guard and who was instead just a guy who could defend on the other end and, like, move the ball. And, like, I don't know who that guy would have been, who, who they would have ended up signing. Uh, fuck, for all I know, they would have re-signed Alfred Payton. I have no idea. Um, but I just wonder. Because then Fournier gets more usage, which is what he wants, which is what he's more comfortable with. Just an interesting what-if to me. Um, maybe not to anybody else. And like, and how does Randall look in that situation, where Randall is have to play alongside a ball dominant point guard who he clearly is, has no interest in playing with because they're not they're not playing him like a ball dominant point guard. They're playing him like uh, I don't know uh, Alfred Payton, um, uh, Matthew Dimitrov. Uh, this is going to be an unfortunate answer. I see what the question is asking already. If you could go back to the 2020 draft, would you go Obi or Halliburton? You go Halliburton um, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, I like Obi Toppin a lot, but, you know, without a three-point shot, Obi Toppin is a, you know, he's a he's not a player who can be a significant part of helping your team win games. Um that maybe feels like a little harsh, uh, but like even now to build a team, you know, to make Obi look his best, it's against, it's often against backups. It has to be in transition. So much of his value comes in transition. So much of his value comes in taking advantage of mistakes of the defense because he still just doesn't have enough consistency in the half court that is going to scare teams. And if he's not going to hit threes, 
Because again, it all goes hand in hand. If he starts hitting threes, it it makes teams guard him more, like Halliburton did. By the way, he came out and uh, Halliburton um, flew out past Obi uh, when Obi was setting up to take a three. Bad job by Halliburton there. Um, even though I'm, he's my answer here because that allowed Obi to drive down the lane because I think the center. Oh, that's what it was. The center had switched off into the corner to cover uh, someone who, who flared out. Uh, I think it was Burks. Might have been Grimes. Good job by that person. And it was a free lane. But, again, you know, that's that's what Obi needs. Like, Obi needs these different things to be successful. Um, Halliburton's there right now. I mean, he's a guy – that dude, you know, I don't know. Is he a top three guy on a championship team? Is he a top four guy on a championship team? He's a top something on a championship team. He's awesome. Um, but I love Obi. I love you. I hope that doesn't make me uh, very unpopular uh, tonight. But I, I do have to be. I do have to be honest in these things. Um, okay. Moving right along. Hold on. I think my super chat is like bugging out on me. Uh, okay. Thanks, by the way, everybody. We're over five hundred strong in here on a win uh, against the freaking Kings uh, and almost up to 200 likes. Feel free to get those, um, those likes over uh, 200. Those things help us out. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks everybody for, for coming and watching. Uh, okay. Andrew, you may need to uh, get me something that I missed. I'm going to pick up with uh, what I see. Greg film stuff. What's going on, Greg? My question is, with New York in limbo, not a playoff team, and say they trade off Vets and Randall. And so they're trading off Vets and Randall. Okay. Do you think Tibbs would have the patience to develop the kids, or do we need another head coach? I want New York to run. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Um, and thank you, Greg Film Stuff, for the comment. I think Tibbs knows this is his last his last shot. I think Tibbs knows he's never getting another head coaching gig after this. Um, I think teams around the league would look at this and be like, yes, he won coach of the year, but uh, if it didn't work out with Leon Rose, like – and they could point to some of the stuff that everybody in here has, has pointed out about Tibbs this year. Um, you know, I, so the long, long-winded way of saying, I, I think Tibbs, yeah, I think he would have the patience to develop the kids and – play the kids more. I think Tibbs is developing the kids every day. I think he would have the patience to play the kids more this season. But the notion that the Knicks, and I don't give fucking name anybody in the world, doesn't matter who coaches this team next year, the Knicks are going to try to win games next year. The Knicks are going to try to rejigger the roster this summer, and they're going to try to get back on the wagon next year. Um, there is no world where this team is going to enter next year where they are not really going for something play in playoff, whatever, 
you know, what does that look like? Does that look like Jalen Brunson? Does that look like an attempt to trade for a star? Does that look like, so, I mean, I don't know what it looks like. This is not a this is not suddenly going to pivot into a five year plan. Does Tibbs have the patience to play the kids for the last twenty five games of the season? Absolutely, I think he does. Um, Kevin Danishevsky's back for more. I want the Knicks not to tank this year. Missing the playoffs, play in or squeaking in barely is a better look to potential free agents. First time saying that. Um, I've said stuff like that before, Kevin, Kevin, and I'll be honest with you. I think, I don't know if that's right. Um, you might be right. I think again, it's, it's about that. The, any free agent could look at this and be like, that's a competent situation. I feel comfortable going there. Like Evan Fournier did. Um, and quite frankly, like Kemba Walker did, I know it's a hometown thing and like the whole, but like, I think they have turned that corner a little bit and I think they need to continue to, to put forth an air of competence. I think there's a world where they could put forth an air of competence, even if they, you know, quote unquote tanked, I, you know, I think it probably depends on how they tank and how they look when they tank and like how the kids are playing and the whole thing. But like, I don't know, is it, is them, you know, just making it or just missing it? Like, does that matter? I think it depends on how the rest of the season goes. Do we get report more reports of like things in the locker room may not be great or this and that, like, you know, you know, do they, here's another one. Do they trade Randall and watch Randall go somewhere else and like play great and like help a team win a playoff series or two playoff series? Like that would be bad. Um, so they they are in a dicey position and and image their image does matter. I'm just not sure if it's a necessity to like try to win every game, you know, all out, full stop for the rest of the season. You know, as opposed to, do I think there's a world where they could still look very attractive to potential uh, free agents and maybe be sellers at the deadline? Yeah, I think there's a world where that exists for sure. Uh, Andrew has a programming note here that he's put in, which I guess I'll read. We'll be doing a massive trade deadline pod on Sunday, followed by a live stream on trade deadline eve. Oh, I didn't know we're doing that. Oh, that's fun. Um, and then a live show, two to four Eastern on deadline day. That I knew about. Um, all, lots of fun stuff. Uh, your boy Ben's. The in the margin move is Melton from Memphis. I don't, why uh, is he out of the rotation? And I don't know it. Maybe he is, and I just missed it. But my response to that would be why? Why is um? Why is Memphis? Trading the Anthony Melton. I like the Anthony Melton. He's good. Um, yeah, he played 15 minutes tonight. I mean, he's there. He's, I mean, I, okay, so they have Tyus Jones as their backup point guard. So the Anthony Melton is kind of, I guess, their backup shooting guard. Conchar, I know, has played well this season. So you want to tell me there's an argument that maybe once, um, once Brooks comes back, it makes Mel- Melton a little expendable. 
Uh, sure, I guess maybe. But what are they get? What are we? What are we giving them? Like, do they want? I don't know. Do they want the Dallas pick? Is DeAnthony Melton worth the Dallas pick? I don't know about that. Um, maybe he is. Um, I haven't watched enough of him to really. I know he's a good player. I like him. Um, I haven't watched enough of him to be able to. You know, I know they're not giving him up for a second round pick. I, I don't think so. And it's not like they need to unload salary. I don't know what we what else we have that they would want. Um, but I like Melton. I'll say that. Uh, Juanon. I love that name. Um, you hearing anything about our interest in Aiden? Whoa! Coming in hot. Could be interesting if the Suns choose to move on after the season. Randall sign and trade? Question mark. I mean... There are a lot of things I could probably talk myself into. The Knicks giving DeAndre Ayton the max is not one of them. I don't I don't want to give. I don't want to do. Yeah, that's not. You know, the, I mean, the other interesting part about the Ayton thing is like the, the Suns were rumored to have offered him a three-year max. And I think a four-year max with like, that was like not fully guaranteed. So the most any team in terms of an offer sheet could give him is a four-year uh, offer sheet. Uh, you know, and you could throw like poison pill stuff. Like, but like, man, I, 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 I and to answer your question, no, I'm not hearing anything about that. I don't. Th- that strike, I would be very surprised. I'd be very surprised to say nothing of the fact that the Knicks don't have that kind of cap room, and I see. So obviously you're talking Randall sign and trade. So what? Phoenix is going to make Julius Randall their starting center. Um, I don't. I think I think Phoenix likes playing a little small. I think I mean I know Jay Crowder's getting a little old. Ugh, man, would Phoenix really rejigger like everything they did or everything they're doing to put Randall in the starting? Ah. Broke my brain. I just I don't like I don't I don't like the idea of paying eight in the max. I'll tell you that. Um, not crazy though. Not crazy. Uh, have have Julius go you know play with with uh, Paul uh, uh, Chris Paul. He'd probably like that. Hush Zoo. Outside of Cam, I'm still holding on to the Grimes. Has the highest ceiling of the young kids. Kemba Trading Incorporated or Kemba. <laughs> Can trade incoming? I have a brain. Um, if not, would we waive him? No, we would. They would never. They would never. No, that would. That would. That would. That'd be like taking the continuous soup and throwing it out the window. Can't do that. Um, no, they're not gonna waive Kemba. They're not gonna buy out Kemba or anything like that. Um, I'm fine with Grimes having the highest ceiling. I think that's a fine take. Um, Sean Ford. Need to make a trade where we upgrade the starting point guard and open a rotation spot for Cam. Feels like Kemba is only playing right now to audition for a trade. Well, if he's if he if he was auditioning for a trade tonight, he didn't audition very well. Um, no, I don't think that's why they're playing him. I think Tibbs is playing him because he wants to play him. Here's the issue: if you trade for a a, a starting point guard. I'm not sure who that is. 
because I don't really think any of uh, there's any obvious names that are available. Um, it doesn't clear up the rotation because you're just putting in someone for Kemba. Clearing up the rotation means trading Alec Burks. Um, and again, I just it's going to be very interesting. It's just going to be it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting heading into the deadline. Do they lose these next four games? Do they win one of these games? Do they win two of these games? Do they win three of these? Here's the funny thing. If they fuck around and go win three of these next four games, do you think that the organization is going to trade Alec Burks for a second-round pick? I, you know, and who else, who else goes out? Fine, you mothball Kemba. Then Rose comes back. Okay, so then it's Rose and like, you know, is there a Fournier trade out there? They're not gonna, they're not gonna pay a price to give up, to uh, to give up for. They're not gonna trade Fournier for like a second round pick, let alone pay a price to give up Fournier. I don't think so. At least maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe some team pays a second round pick to take the, him off the Knicks' hands. Uh, I, sh- I don't know. I, I have a tough time seeing it. I think they're gonna make a trade. I just. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm I, I'm I'm kind of flummoxed. Uh, okay, I think I am I caught up. I think I may be caught up. No, I'm not fully caught up. I will get caught up though now. Uh, all right, we got one. God, we're almost an hour here. Shout out to everybody. Uh, you guys are awesome. Seriously. Um. Okay. Uh, Harry Donert back for more. Not saying we should kick the t- we shouldn't kick the tires, and Randall has been bad, but trading him at the deadline feels like a panic move and would make it almost impossible to get good value in the deal. Preaching in the choir, Harry. Um, if they traded him for not enough, it would be a panic move. It would absolutely be a panic move, and they will not trade him for nothing. Or for not enough, and the price will be high. Um, I wrote what I wrote today about a possible trade with the Kings, and I stand by it because I do think if you have a chance to get a fully unprotected pick or a pick that has a chance to be fully unprotected from what has been one of the worst organizations in professional sports over the last 15 years. If you could get that, that's tough to turn down. I don't know that they could get that. I don't know that the Kings would do that. I, and honestly, I don't even know if Leon Rose, if that would be enough, one pick for Barnes, you know, to, 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 to go from Randall to Barnes. But, man, if they're really, if they're really trying to put together uh, a trade for a star, which is what I think this is all about, it's what what Leon Rose's mo has been in since day one. Um, getting a pick like that would be would be pretty pretty uh, interesting. Brian Benjamin, Obi Hater number one, John Macri, LOL, JK. Now I like Obi. I'm I'm very high on Obi. Um, he's fun. I love his energy. I love his spirit. So positive. Um, I think that's what I like about him the most. Imad Khalil, what's going on, Imad? This team is good, not great. Uh, that's being generous. Uh, still putting max effort. Yes, I agree. They are still putting 
with the exception of, you know, some of the starting unit performances that have not been max effort. Um, but <clears throat> other than those, yes, for the most part, they do, they do still put forth a very, very high level of effort. By the way, let's pop some bottles. After tonight's game, the Knicks for the season, for the season, 12th in defense. Uh, 109.3 defensive rating in a virtual tie with the the Timberwolves. Uh, 0.3 points per 100 possessions behind the Thunder. And uh, 0.8 points per 100 possessions behind both the Sixers and the Bucks. Not crazy to think. I I mean, this is not a bold prediction, but I think absolutely, without question, the Knicks are going to wind up as a top 10 defense before the end of the year, um, which we should have probably expected. Um, anyway, Iman, uh, perspective. Let's not forget where we were two, three years ago. Perspective. I don't ever forget that. I remember where we were two, three years ago. I remember where we were four or five years ago. I remember where we were six, seven years ago. And I remember where we were 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years ago. I remember all those things very well. And I do have perspective. And I that's why I said what I said before about like, look, for all of our bitching and moaning, it's a team that's three games under 500. They're right there for the play. So, anyway. Um, thanks, everybody, for all your chats. Thanks, everybody, for the super chats especially. Um, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you're catching us tomorrow on the uh, old podcast feed, feel free to leave us a rating and a review if you dig the post games or if you dig any of our content. Um if you're not, I, I know what I haven't shouted out in a while. If you're not subscribed to the Nick Film School YouTube channel, um, go and do that. That's a helpful thing also for us. We could use as many of those subscribers as we can get. Oh, we have one more comment. Of course, it's from Robert Cross, who is holding me away from my healthy chicken meatball. John, how do we get more consistency out of Cullets in playback? <laughs> I love these comments. <laughs> Some moments of greatness, performance uneven. Hashtag 53 wins. Collett's playback performance is much like R.J. Barrett this year. R.J. Barrett did not have a great night tonight, but he's also had moments where he makes you feel like he's the franchise. That's Collett's, you know. Um, I think Collett's is about to have his best week of the season with the trade deadline coming up. I'll just say that. So uh, thank you for that contribution, Robert. I appreciate it. And again, one more thanks to everybody in here. Uh, We will catch you soon with more great stuff uh, before you know it.